have to pick up my credential. And so I go and I get the credential and the lady goes, who are you? And I go, no, I'm, I'm Ryan Foley. Uh, she goes, oh yeah, you have a podcast. Congratulations. You guys do a podcast? What is it? Welcome everybody to the R&R CatCast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State Athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Exciting times. Got your Ryans here for a little bit of a fall preview, Big Sky Media Days kickoff. How you doing, Ryan? I'm great, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. Feels good to be back in the saddle, so to say. Yeah, my saddle is my very cluttered garage, and I had to like clear a little bit of a space off just to get back in here since we're kind of rearranging things in here. So I had to clear my saddle off. <laughs> right on. Well, at least you're out there. I mean, you got some privacy. You're not going to be disrupted. It's true. It's very hot in here today, though. Very hot. But it's all right. It's all good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on this episode, we're just going to talk about uh, the Big Sky Media Days. Uh, we're going to look at some preseason polls. Uh, we're going to talk about the new recruits and a little bit about the number 41 and what kind of significance that has for Montana State. Yeah, but kind of kind of breaking news on that. That came yeah. out like today, right? Yeah, we might be the first people who actually get to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So The first people putting this down onto track, on a track. <laughs> <laughs> But first, our order of business is always, what are we drinking tonight? I have stuck with my Michelob Ultra because it's still all I have in my refrigerator. There you go. And uh, so I actually dug around. I found my old leather football-looking Bobcat koozie. I was like, all right, and I'm going to bust it out. I'm going to use a koozie for once. And then I remembered the Ultra cans are the stupid tall skinny cans, so it doesn't fit in there. So I was going to use a koozie for you, Ryan, but it didn't work out. It's just not meant to be. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't go that far yet. You can still you can still go with the koozie route, man. It's it's worth it. So we'll get you a real beer here in a little while. All right. <laughs> Please do. Please All help right. me. So I have um, this is called something easy from Lagunitas. Uh, it's a pale ale. Picked it up about two weeks ago at, of all places, Target. And they had, <laughs> uh, I think, like an 18-pack of it. We were going camping or something, and my wife's like, you need to go get some beer. And I was like, okay, I'll go get some beer. So randomly, I was over there. I picked it up, and it's pretty good. Uh, you know, and just kind of plowing through the 18-pack. Um, it's just your standard low-alcohol, you know, pale ale. So. Yeah. I mean, they're not a bad brewery. I've drank from other stuff before. It's not bad. Yeah. Hey, so I did have a question about beer for you. Like, um, do you have like a like a go to summer beer? Like, what 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 is your summer beer? Uh, just anything light, really. Traditionally, my just drinking summer beer has been Rolling Rock, but a lot of times I'll drink a, a Blue Moon, classic one too, or a Red Stripe if I'm feeling real fancy. <laughs> Do you ever uh, put orange juice in your Blue Moon? Uh, no, sure don't. We don't usually have juice in the house. <laughs> mm, okay. Do you, you know what's what? Your, what's your summer beer? Uh, probably like a Miller Lite. Honestly, that's what's yeah. in my garage fridge right now. But 
you know, what's a really underrated beer of the summer is Pacifico. Have you ever had a Pacifico? Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Man, it's like the one that I only get when I'm going to like a Mexican restaurant. You know, the ones where they bring you out the, the really hot plates and they tell you not to touch them because you'll like burn your hands off. And, and then, then you touch them. Yeah. And then you burn your fingertips off. But I'll like be the, person, the judge of what's hot and then you burn yourself. <laughs> yeah. But the person who's been serving you, it never wears any gloves and he has no fingerprints because he's been doing it for about 10 years now. Yeah. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you, that- man, I used to be a, a dishwasher <laughs> in, a, in a restaurant. Those, d- those dishes come out of there piping hot. And when you first start, they just burn your hands. But yeah, you get used to it. <laughs> I yeah. imagine the same way with, with those. Well, that's the only time I get Pacifico. And I always like think to myself, I'm like, man, I love it. Why don't I buy some of this? I never buy it. But when I go to the Mexican restaurant, I always get one. Well, pick some up then. I know. It's, you should. It, it's hot. Get some. There you go. All right. Okay. So over the last couple of weeks, we've had some, some interesting news. We've had a couple of new recruits that come in. You want to tell us about those, those fellows that are committing to Montana State? Well, the one that I think uh, people seem to be most excited about is the the Rush Reimer kid from Camas, Washington, 6'5", 295. That's going to be uh, an offensive line commit. Um, nice size, good, solid program, big football area in here, kind of our neck of the woods. Um, I'm excited about that signing. How about you? Well, it's it's interesting to me. I got two thoughts on it. One, I see that uh, we beat out Eastern Washington, Idaho, and Northern Colorado for him. So that makes me excited that we're plucking one out of um, Eastern's basket, so to say. But two, my second thought was six five two ninety five is a stretch from where we used to recruit our offensive linemen. I mean, when you and I were back in school in the early two thousands, uh, the guys we recruited to play offensive line often came in at like you know six three two thirty six yeah. two six two two ten sometimes, and you're and you're looking at you know Jason McIndo and you're going, what are you going to do with that guy? And then you would see them, you'd see those guys in uh, like Miller Dining Hall and they'd be eating like 12 hard-boiled eggs and like three plates of chicken, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. He's um, working on it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, eventually uh, they would come out and they would do just fine, uh, but it would take them a while to get there. And so for an offensive lineman to come in already at 295, I don't know if that's a good thing, to be honest with you. I have questions about that. Like, is that, is that healthy weight? Um, you know, think about like flexibility and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't know. Um, wait till Montana State gets their hands on him and, you know, trains his diet, so to say. But uh, that's just a big departure from where we used to recruit our offensive linemen. Yep. No, it's a, it's a trend that we've definitely picked up in the last few years. And I don't know if that's a sign of a, where a program can get that kind of recruit or if it's uh yeah, I, I don't really know why, but it's, we've definitely gotten guys that are much more physically mature and, and kind of ready to play out of high school, at least in terms of the stats, their height and their weight. Yeah. We have two other guys, right? We have Connor Reitler from Billings Skyview, 6'4", 275. Um, I see him listed at offense, offensive line and defensive line. So honestly, I uh, don't know much about him or where he projects, but, Always good to get Skyview kids on the roster, that's for sure. No, absolutely. I think he'll probably uh, project as an offensive lineman. I think uh, one of the posters on Bobcat Nation said he plays four out of five 
positions on the offensive line. So with that kind of size and the depth that we have on our defensive line, I wouldn't be surprised if he is an offensive lineman coming in. Yep, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, we can always use more bodies there. We just kind of seem to have a lot of attrition there pretty much forever. So Mm -hmm. you can never have too many bodies there. And why don't you talk about the uh, the Butte kid we just signed? Okay, uh, Tommy Millot. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying that last name correct, Millot. Why do you think I asked you to introduce him? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, 6'1", 190, 185, depending on what website you look at, whatever. Right, uh, QB slash athlete from Butte. And, you know, my only thought on this kid is, if you're a Montana school, whether it's Montana State, U, University of Montana, Montana Tech, Carroll, ever, these are the guys that you want on your team. This is the backbone. This should be the backbone of your team because these are a Montana kid. Um, I mean, everybody says the Butte tough. You know, they have that reputation. Uh, this is uh, this is what you want to build your. These kind of kids are what you want to build your program around now, whether or not he's, you know, he's listed at a two-star athlete, which is pretty good. If he was a one-star, if he was a half-star, you still sign him because he's got the size. He's got the pedigree. That's what you like. You just bring him in because you're a Montana school. So I'm excited that we, we got him. It's interesting. He has any star rating at all. It's not very common for Montana kids. So he must've gone to some sort of a, Camp somewhere, I imagine, where some scouts took a look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, right. it's always good to have Montana kids in Oscar, especially Butte kids. Seems like uh haven't really had one for a few years that I can recall. Um, or do we have one now? Maybe, maybe we have someone now. But uh, it's just, anyway, it's good to have some Butte guys on the roster, and I'm excited. Uh, just the prospect of he looks very athletic and looks like he's going to be able to help us wherever he ends up playing. Absolutely. Is Chase Benson a Butte kid? No, he's a Helena. Helena no, okay. High question mark. No, okay. Helena high. Yeah. I think we do have one Butte kid on us. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure we do. It's going to drive me crazy, <laughs> but uh, we'll go ahead and uh, move on and talk about uh, the thing that came out today. I think number 41, the new tradition, kind of Jeff Choate putting a little stamp on that. What do you think? First, uh, first, you kind of want to explain what it is, what we basically, what everyone read on msubobcats.com. What do you think it is? Yeah. So, so far, all we know is, you know, it goes back to Montana being the 41st state um, for the United States. And uh, kind of even back to how the cats were, you know, doing their helmets for the cat Grizz. There was a couple of things they're putting on the helmets uh these days uh, one being you know the 406 stamp and then the 3777 stamp and now apparently i did not know this they had a 41 sticker on the back of their helmet did you know that i don't think i did i was actually reading that i was like i don't remember seeing that yeah me either uh so this is just paying homage to um montana kid uh that is essentially just you know embodies this uh what what a bobcat is, is what it sounds like to me, essentially. Um, uh, Braden Conkle is going to be the first one to don this jersey uh, with that notion. Uh, in past, uh, Montana players have 
or 41, most notably uh, Bobby Daly recently, uh, Grant Collins. Uh, so it would carry on this tradition. And it sounded like Choke kind of wanted to start this to put um, his stamp on, on, on this. I don't know. That, that seemed a little weird to me when I read that. What did you think? Yeah, I don't know about the whole wanting to put his stamp on tradition, but it just sounds like Jeff Choate believes in traditions and wanted to bring something of his own, uh, something to, for his first group of guys to kind of create and pass on and start something, and that's what he came up with. And, you know, I'm all for it. I love the idea of the 41st state. Um, we've had some good players from Montana in the last seven or eight years, starting with Brad Daly off the top of my head, and then obviously Grant Collins, one of the toughest Montana kids you'll ever come across. So, you know, I like the idea. I think it's great. I'm I'm interested to see how they, what the parameters are for like who gets it. I know it has to be a Montana kid, but like who selects um, the player moving forward. And, and it sounded like the article was kind of still up in the air on that. So I'm kind of curious to see um, just how it's selected, but I, I like the idea. I think it's going to be a great tradition to start and uh, it's already got some momentum behind it, some history behind it without even really, having a name yet. Absolutely. Yeah. I love traditions and you know, it's for the players for the team. I don't think there's anything wrong with this at all. Nope. Me neither. I like it. Good right choice. On. Cool. And a great choice. I think for the first person to don it. Oh, absolutely. You and I have talked about how much we just love Braden Conkle and think he's just one of the best safeties we've seen probably since, uh, Jordan Craney era, I would have to say, for quite a while. I was never a big fan of Jordan Craney. No offense to him. I thought <laughs> he was a poor man's Ryan Force. Yeah, you. All, we always talk about Ryan Force. He's definitely like, uh, but that, that's probably uh, as a culture, like I say, proximity bias. We watched him play. We kind of, he was there when we were in school. <laughs> Certainly have fond memories of him and that team. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's keep this train moving. So you went to the Big Sky Media Days, the Big Sky Football Kickoff, I guess is what it really is called in Spokane. <laughs> well, <laughs> somehow, oh somehow they let us in. A little backstory. So I'm, I'm before uh, school got out over here, I'm a teacher. I was visiting Great Falls on my parents, and I'm sitting in, in there having a beer with my buddy Ryan. Sanders, who is a photographer for the Tribune, and we're talking about this. Man, you should apply for uh, a media credential. I was like, no. He goes, yeah, why Why not? He's like, go in there and get some story, you know, and get some information for your podcast and see what happens. So, you know, I sat on that for a little bit, and then um, I talked to you. You're like, oh, yeah, we should totally do that. So what did we do? We sent it off, and right away, they approved us for a media credential. And then it was like, okay, here we go. Now, so, it, it, like, before anything, I just want to, you know, if anybody from the Big Sky is listening to our podcast, I just want to say thank you because not only did you afford, you know, us an opportunity to have a cool experience and get some information, but podcasting um, for other teams, too. Uh, like, I met uh, the Montana Mint guy, uh, Rory Murphy, um, and got a good connection with him. He's a Great Falls guy, too. Uh, just uh, a couple years behind me, he went to Great Falls High. I went to CMR, but he was a 2003 grad. Uh, I met Chris Hammond, who does the Tubs and Club, the, what is it, that, the Idaho um, podcast. So I got to connect with a couple of different podcasters over there. Um, but the, just the, 
situation of going there um, was really, really unique. It was at first really overwhelming for me. Uh, I stepped into <laughs> the Davenport. Did you know there's three Davenports in Spokane? No, I've only been to the one. Well, I went to the wrong one at the very beginning. Um, I'm sitting there uh, having a moose stroll. And I'm, uh, this was a Sunday night. I was meeting up with uh, some of those podcasters I've never met before. And I'm like, man, what is, you know, what's taking so long? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm at the wrong Davenport. So, <laughs> I, you know, to finish up my moose drill, go, go over to the next Davenport. And I, I want to paint kind of like a picture for you, Thorny. Have you ever been to a country club before? Yeah, of course. Okay, well, well you, the Montana Country Club. <laughs> well, you know, I, I grew up working at the Metal Art Country Club in Great Falls, and it's a nice. Um, I, I you know, in the high school, I was a a bag boy, so I cleaned all the golf clubs, and and then when I went in college, I would come back, and I was a a lifeguard. But uh, in certain times in the country club, there's just tables of people that you know are like kind of like they have money, or they are just they feel important, you know, the big uh, the big guys of the club, so to speak. so. Anyways, I go over, uh, I go over to the Davenport. I'm sitting down at the bar, you know, and I, I meet Ryan. I mean, uh, Rory, and then I meet Chris, and we're sitting there. And then here comes Jeff Chope, and he's uh, he's sitting with uh, the Northern Arizona and I think some Portland State guys. But they just have a table, and you know, they this reminds me of country club atmosphere almost because you look over there and you're like, man, those are the guys, <laughs> you know, those are those are the guys running the show. You know what? It was uh, first stop, uh, stood out to me about Jeff Choate. He's taller. Thought he would be. I don't know. I just pictured Jeff Choate as this short, the short man for some reason. <laughs> Can't say maybe I ever have. <laughs> maybe, maybe because it's like his ego <laughs> that he's carrying around that I just thought he would be short. <laughs> but he's a big guy. So that was the first night. Um, so I'm just sit there and I glean some information off these guys, uh, the Montana Mink guys. And, um, and Chris, who does, uh, the Idaho one. And then the next morning is the day of the interviews. Okay. So I come back and I have to pick up my credential. And so I go and I get the credential and the lady goes, who are you? And I go, no, I'm, I'm Ryan Foley. Uh, she goes, oh yeah, you have a podcast. Congratulations. And I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I know she, she congratulated me. She goes, well, here's your badge. And and then they had like this table full of swag. And so I picked up a coffee mug and then, um, and then she's like, well, it's down the hall and they're to your left. And I was like, okay. So, uh, I'm walking down and I enter this door and then it hits me. I look around and then there's every coach from the big sky conference. And it's just like, it's a little bit surreal. I'm looking at Jeff Chope. I see him immediately. I see Bobby Houck. I see Jay Hill. I mean, all these coaches, Dan Hawkins is over in the corner. And then there, and then this, the second people I noticed is all the journalists we listen to. There's, you know, um, all the podcasters we listen to and, and the writers. And so they're sitting there answering or talking to them, doing their interviews, you know. And it's kind of like this, uh, like, if you want to go talk to someone, you have to just wait in line, you know, or like go, go fill a seat, so to say. In the middle, they have all this coffee and drinks, and they have all these media guys. I feel so out of place. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I should be in there. I didn't have any questions for Jeff Chote at the time. Um, I, I was not prepared to talk to him, just, just the player. So 
uh, I scurry out. Um, I go sit out on this bench and I, you know, I collect my thoughts and I was like, okay, go back in there, you know? And then, uh, when I went back in there, there's a guy who comes over to me and says, Hey, can I help you out? And I was like, Hey, you don't know, no, I'm, 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 I'm Ryan. I got, he was like, no, you're good, man. He's like, anything I could do for you. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think, I think I'm just going to go grab a cup of coffee. So I sat there and I grabbed a cup of coffee and I kind of observed just what was happening. And, you know, and the more I stayed in there, the more comfortable I got. And, you know, if, if it's here in Spokane next year, for sure, I'd like for, to craft some questions for our coach. Um, but yeah, that was my first experience in, in the media room, so to say. So you ended up cutting your teeth on a couple of players interview, uh, this time around and next time you think you're ready for Choate, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, uh, it would be good for our, our podcast for sure to get some information out there. But, but then, yeah, the, uh, the players came in and, um, uh, at that point I felt a lot more comfortable and I was able to sit down with Jacque Allen and Kevin Cassis and I prepared some questions for them and, uh, had a good conversation. Um, they're just two good dudes that represent our school. I was able to talk with a little bit with, um, some Weaver state players, um, uh, just kind of wanted to get their perspective on like how they're so tough in the late and later in the season. And I left feeling pretty positive, got some good audio and, um, some stuff we'll share with you guys. So you were there with all the media types, the big media people from all around the big sky, the various papers. What was kind of, could you gauge their mood towards the little podcast people like ourselves? They didn't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember, I'm I'm not going to say his name, uh, but I remember one of the people we, we reference here on on the show and i don't know if he just didn't notice me or doesn't even know who i am probably doesn't even know who i am uh didn't even didn't even acknowledge me when we were standing right next to each other and i was i was about to say hi but i was just like you know it is what it is so (laughs) i've you know i was i was wondering what their perception would be and like be honest with you i imagine they're accepting of us and just you know, we're a little bit different, you know, as a fan based podcast, we can really, you know, give our opinions kind of unbiased because we are being biased, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, so we, we have a little bit more freedoms than, than they have in, in, in a way. Yeah. You just, you never know if they look at something like what we're doing and it's like, those guys are just a joke. What are they doing here? <laughs> You know, that was one of my my work. I work. This is my living in. What are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah. And and in fact, going into it even before, that was my number one hesitation was I did not want to like disrespect uh, their work, you know, and feel like, hey, just because we got a media credential that all of a sudden, you know, obviously I'm not a journalist and you and I are not journalists and uh, we hold very little journalistic responsibility with this podcast. Um, so that, that's just why I was just really thankful that we were afforded the opportunity to participate and, uh, you know, keep up the good work for those who are listening. Really. I think it's a little bit, uh, progressive by the big sky conference actually to allow some podcast only or some media only. I know like Tobes of the club has a website and they do a little bit of content content, but I, uh, understand most of they're just a podcast just like we are. So it's like, it's progressive to kind of let some podcast and I think it's, kind of smart because podcasts are 
like on the rise. Like this is the way people consume like media now. So that's, I think it's smart of them and progressive of them. I don't want to like just say that just because they let us in, but it's like, it's a, it's forward thinking, I think on the new commissioner's part. I don't know yeah, if you're a big fan of that, but. I think that's a really good point, Thorny. And I think that's probably why we were given this opportunity. Yeah, I don't know if we would have under the old, uh, gosh, Andrea Williams. Is that who the old commissioner was? I can't even remember, but Sounds I, right. don't, I don't know if we would have been invited um under the old regime but uh yeah in fact uh yeah the new commissioner seems to be on board with all of the big sky podcasters we'll get to that a little bit later on here so um but you did have uh actually i want to ask you were you starstruck by anybody in there like you go in there and this whole holy crap there's dan hawkins yeah i was right when i walked in uh, i've never seen jeff choke um, you know, face. Well, I, I, I guess I saw him in the lounge that, that night before, but um, I've never been in the room, the same room as Bobby Houck, uh, you know, or you know, Dan Hawkins. I mean, it's almost like you know, when we're we've been fans for of the Big Sky for so long, and you've been seeing these faces for so long, and then all of a sudden, they're all of them are right there, every single one of them, and you're like, damn. You know, it's just, it's just a little bit surreal, you know, and you're walking down the hall and Jay Hill nods at you. Hey, how's it going? You know, you're like, that was Jay Hill, you know, <laughs> you know it, just, <laughs> it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, once I got over that, I felt a lot more comfortable and next year, Thorny, wherever this goes, you know, if it goes to Salt Lake or if it's a back here in Spokane, um, you know, you're going to tag team this. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get yep. you out here. For yeah, sure. I'd, like to, I'd like to come out next year because I'd do the same thing as you. I'd be nervous and I'd just start with maybe the players um, like you did. And why don't we, um, do you want to introduce uh, the interview that you were able to do with Kevin Cassis and Jacque Allen? Yeah. Okay. So that's a good segue for that. Um, so I was able to sit down with the boys. Uh, I, was, I think it was one of their first interviewees. And uh, as, as I would typically, <laughs> I forgot to push record on, <laughs> on, on my phone. That I was using. And so I missed about two questions and one notable question I, uh, that you're not going to hear. I asked Kevin Cassis, I was like, so what's better, throwing a touchdown or catching a touchdown? And without hesitation, he said throwing a touchdown. So <laughs> <laughs> that was not in the that was not in the interview that you, the sound that you will hear. But I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, I guess we're just going to play that audio now. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy There we go. Oh, okay. We'll get going. I'll write down. Okay. Um, is there a player you guys go against that you can't stand? Um, on the other teams, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say so. There's not really anyone I can identify. Come on, man. I don't, I don't really believe that all that much. No. We're a fan-based podcast, too, so we can have our opinions if you don't have to. No? No? Yeah. no? I just feel like since okay, teams right. are always changing and whatnot, it's kind of guys move on and I, stuff like that, so it's kind of... I, I talk trash to everybody, so I really don't know. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Do you have any friends coming over, or do you have any friends on the Norfolk team that's coming over? Yeah, I do. Yeah? Good amount. Nice. So, that's going to be exciting for you. Yeah, definitely. Fun. 
So when I was a little boy, my family, I have some family in Woodstock, Virginia. We uh -huh. used to go out there. You know where that's at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shenandoah yeah, Valley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very pretty. Yeah, it's nice over there. Yeah. Well, I had just a couple more. Let's see. Um, let me see. Oh, I asked all that. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask. You think you're going to get 1,000 yards this year? Yeah, if we get someone to throw me the ball, I'm saying. <laughs> no, yeah, I, we'll see. Whatever happens. <laughs> but, if you're not going to say it, I'm going to say it. If we get somebody throwing the ball. <laughs> I mean, that's the big question in Montana State right now, right, is yeah. the quarterback. Do no, you guys feel all right with that? We do, yeah. I think we feel we feel good with that. And um, we got two guys who are going to battle out for it and whatnot. And the thing with them is they're, like, they're both so similar, like big 6'5 guys. Not, one's not like more of a better runner than the other. They're both pretty similar. Um, so we'll see. But then we throw Troy back there too and get some. I mean, that, you can never go wrong doing that. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have one for you, uh, Kevin. Is uh, like this is year four for you, man. Yeah. Think back to all the games you played as a Bobcat. What was your favorite game? It's. I mean, the Cat Grizz games are, I mean, those are in a different category because yeah. those are just so unique. Probably my favorite game was when I, I threw the touchdown pass against Davis. Yeah. Um, I'm a Northern California guy, so I kind of, that was kind of the school going to high school that I wanted to go to. I had a family that went there and um, was close to home. So kind of getting, I wouldn't say, you know, that was, that was special to me to be able to do something like that against them because... Um, I'm not sure they really wanted me that much, but uh, you know, and I'm kind of glad they didn't because coming up to Bozeman, I wouldn't change it for the world, and it's been so fun and such a different, you know, I guess culture up here and whatnot, and you know, it's been a special time, and yeah, so I'd probably say that UC Davis game my freshman year was one that I'll never forget. What are your plans after you graduate? I mean, all this can be done in like nine months. Yeah, um, we'll see. I'm a finance major as of right now, and yeah. um, I think I might go home for a little bit and. You know, try that out, and um, eventually I'd like to maybe make my way back up to Bozeman and whatnot. And um, funny, like I wouldn't have said that like four years ago. Like uh, <laughs> I would have said I would have got my four years there and got out. But uh, you know, eventually, even if I can stay there right out of college, I, I'd love to, and, um, or make my way back up at some point. Are you going back to Virginia after school? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm gone. Yeah. I'm out of here. Uh, I love Bozeman, but, you know, I'm a Southern kid, so uh, I'll probably be somewhere in Virginia, Texas, Georgia, Florida, maybe South Carolina, maybe North Carolina. So somewhere down there. I hope so. You named all the, all the states <laughs> down there. Hopefully one of those. <laughs> so some, some, somewhere down in the South. What do you miss most about it? Being in the South? Yeah. Uh, it's warm majority of the time. Yeah. Not not cold eight months out of the year. <laughs> it was a rough year, man. It doesn't, rough doesn't, year. doesn't snow in May, so yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, any kind of expectations you guys have for the year? Not to, like, get into too much football because... No, totally, yeah. Um, you know, we expect to get back in that playoff, yeah. in that playoff room. Right. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, win some games so we can get a first-round bye. That would be so huge yeah. to make teams come to Bozeman and play us because... We saw that was such an advantage for North Dakota State and whatnot, and just yeah. that bye because it's like hectic during time during the school year, finals and whatnot, and it's being time to recover your body after a, a 10, 11 game. So 
12 game season when you think that's right yeah and it's funny talking to some of the other schools it seems like that's kind of like the new thing now to have 12 games i don't even know if we have a really have a bot yeah you guys do have a bot. we do yeah it's um it's somewhere in october right today it's, it's uh october. right between uh so the third week of october oh, okay so you play sac state at home and then you guys have a week off and then you go over to north dakota oh okay gotcha well that'll be nice i think that's a good time to have a buy and I think 12 games. I think that's what everyone's doing now. 12 games. So, well, yeah, definitely. It, a lot. A lot of teams are doing the 12 game thing on, on this level a lot now. What I've what I've been noticing. So, I think it's because um, it's got to do with I guess getting to the playoffs and whatnot, and more wins you got. I guess yeah. that's gonna help. And cause I know some teams schedule like an NAI school or a Division two, and I don't, those don't count. So no. it's like I guess they felt they got to schedule another game to make up for that, which. Yeah. Maybe they should have just scheduled a, like a team that actually counts yeah, to begin yeah. with. But uh, yes, kudos our AD and um, athletic. Do you like Leon? I do. Yeah, really good, good guy. guy. Yeah, super good guy, and um, they're doing a lot of stuff for us. And I think the guys in the future are going to appreciate it as well. Do you think we're going to get those 84 throwbacks? We better. They'll get them. <laughs> they'll get them in 20 years when the facilities yeah, are, right. are all done. And I'm trying to get them this season because yeah. I want to wear them. So yeah, right. If anybody you know knows some things and trying to donate a couple dollars, <laughs> go on my way. Well, we uh, I think we played with them one year and we played a game. Uh, I might have, might not be it. Uh, it we was, played I think a game called Chevron State. Like, uh, ever heard yeah, of Chevron yeah, State? Yeah, yeah. You guys know who Danny Woodhead yeah. is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He tore him up, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were just we just came off. We beat uh, Boulder. Uh, we beat uh, Colorado. Beat that's Colorado right. and yeah. Boulder. Mm. We come back. We play Shadron State the next uh, the next game, and uh, we lose to Shadron State. Yeah. <laughs> so with what, Mike Kramer, that was kind of like what we did back in the day. That's right. Danny, I've heard. I heard. He tore us yeah. up. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I got, guys. Sweet. I just want to say good luck to you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming out. I really appreciate your story. I listened to it last year. A lot of respect for you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, man. I just think you guys are just a good representative. But not, man. Thank, yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So that was our audio for from Jock K, Jock, Jockway, Allen, and Kevin Cassis. And, you know, one of the things that struck me when I was sitting down with those guys was just how, how easy it was to talk to them. They just seemed like good dudes. Um, uh, just like good representatives of Montana state. So I really appreciated the time I got to spend with them and wish uh, them nothing but the best this year for sure. Well, man, I thought you did a great job, con- especially considering like, like you said, we, we've never been meet. We're not media. We've never been media. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're in the same boat as me. You've never interviewed someone, especially someone like who's kind of a celebrity, if you will, as Bobcat athletes are around, these parts so i thought you did a great job <laughs> i thought you put uh kevin cassis on the hot seat pretty good there by asking just straight up like who don't you like that's <laughs> <laughs> like you can't expect a player to like answer that one honestly like they can't say that that's yeah. all record. <laughs> i tried i tried <laughs> i love jockways he just gave it a, like i hate everybody basically i try to shock everybody <laughs> yeah yeah that guy's cool man you know what's interesting about those players one of the things that one uh, thing that I noticed that just really stuck out is those guys are physical specimens. Every single one of those players during those interviews, 
man, you just watch them walk by. People don't look like football players normally do. Like Division One athletes who are football players are just, they stand out because they're just physically imposing people. Dante Olsen from the Grizz, one of the most frightening people I've ever seen. So, <laughs> and he was smiling. He just looked like, you know, like that guy would crush me in, in, in two seconds if I said something wrong. You know, if I looked wrong at him, he would just tackle me and just punish me. So, I mean, they just look different. So, uh, good job, I guess. I don't know what else to say about that, but they just, they just look different. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get an opportunity to really see the guys too up close. So it's an interesting observation. Um, I also, another thing I thought was interesting is the, you never know a guy from California, from Virginia come up here. Do they fall in love with Bozeman or do they just want to get the hell out as soon as possible? And, uh, we found one of both. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, Kevin? um, uh, I was just going to say, like, during my time there, we had some media polls come out and uh, some coaches polls come out. I think we should talk about those real quick. Okay. Um, do you want to read the polls or do you want me to? Let's. Uh, yeah, I can read them. I got them right here. Okay. okay. Um, there's not much difference between the two. Uh, the coaches poll had, uh, I'm just going to rank them first to 13th, um, Eastern Washington, UC Davis is number two. Third was Weaver. Fourth was U of M. And fifth was MSU. Um, sixth, they had NAU. Seventh, ISU. Eighth, Idaho. Ninth, Cal Poly. Tenth, Portland State. Eleventh, Sac State. Twelfth, Southern Utah. And thirteenth, Northern Colorado. Um, with uh, the media poll, um, the same with the top five. Only thing different there, they had MSU flip-flopped with U of M on at four and five respectively from there uh idaho state came in at seven uh flip-flop with uh idaho but the rest was exactly the same so i guess the question is to you thorny which one do you think got it right and uh basically we really want to know where msu uh, correctly placed in your opinion i mean we have to be the media poll, the fourth. There's no way that I don't see how anybody could vote the Grizz ahead of us at this point, and I don't see how most people could vote us ahead of Weber. So I think we're right about where we should be at fourth. I don't think that's necessarily where we'll finish, but if you're looking at it right now, like, yeah, I think fourth is right. And I and I think the only reason that the Grizz are higher than us uh, in the coaches poll, according to Coulter, is because Jeff Choate voted for the Grizz number one. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, that's what he said. He's pretty sure that Jeff Choate was the one who cast that lone first place vote for the Grizz, which gave them four points more than us. So I think he pretty much voted us out of fourth place. It's kind of <laughs> was that just like a kind gesture by him I don't, or what? <laughs> I don't know, like the uh, the the point system, like what a first place first place vote was worth. I don't really understand the points, but four point difference differential. If Jeff Choate votes someone else for first, I can't imagine that the Grizz are ahead of us. So. <laughs> yeah, that I'm pretty uh, Coulter's pretty positive that Jeff Choate's the one who cast that vote. Oh, interesting. All right. So, gotta be throwing shade. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that that could be like uh <laughs> that could be just like giving him the finger um without giving him the finger. I don't know. That's that's an interesting I, I hadn't heard that. That's really interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, man. The media poll seems about right. Um 
if nothing else, like, you know, MSU has eight offensive players returning, or starters, excuse me, nine defensive starters returning. Uh, U of M certainly doesn't have that much. I know they have guys who have playing experience returning, but uh, simply that. Uh, if if they're putting uh, U of M over us because of Dalton Sneed, well, you know, Dalton Sneed's a good quarterback, no doubt. But I just don't see how MSU eclipses or excuse me, U of M eclipses MSU in this preseason polls. But their preseason preseason polls, they mean absolutely nothing. And they're just fodder for really you and me. So yeah. there yep. you go. And, and really the top five, if you flip-flop the Grizz or the Cats, the top five are basically, this year just seems like that top five is the only teams that really have any sort of chance. The rest of everybody else is like, I don't really see anyone else being like a legitimate contender. There's always surprises and you don't know anything at this point. Like these are preseason, but on paper, it's like who could possibly, it's like five top five and everybody else. Yeah. I mean, those top five could conceivably get into the playoffs. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. These polls really were evenly stratified in my mind. Um, that top, that top five, I would say a six through nine. And then you have the bottom four, you know, which were um, pretty clear And uh, you know, there's, that top five is where it's going to be. So Eastern Washington, UC Davis, Weaver, Montana State, and University of Montana. Those are your flagship teams. And for them to be up on the top, regardless, is just good for a conference. So that's good. Agreed. Good visibility. And um, speaking of visibility, let's move on to the all-conference teams. Who do okay. we get? On offense, we have um, offensive tackle, uh, senior Mitch Brock. That's easy one right there. Yep. Looking down, looking down the line, we have Troy Anderson at fullback, of course. <laughs> um, Sorry, I laugh every. I've heard it like a hundred times now. I just laugh every time. Yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I just having uh, Troy Anderson put his uh, fingers down in the dirt, so to say, is just a uh, is, is a good image of like, like okay, Troy, we're gonna ask you to do this now. Pretty soon, he's gonna be holding kicks, doing the kicks at the same time. And, mm-hmm. you know, anything else we really want him, you know, we'll put him in on the offensive line too, and we'll put him first team. Um, defense, we had Bryce Sturck at outside linebacker. Yeah, Greg Filer Sr. at cornerback. And then Braden Conkle at safety. So, so there are a couple of surprises there for me. Bryce Sturck at outside linebacker, I don't quite understand. And also Greg Filer, pleasant surprise that he's – uh, first team here. Yeah, I mean he he quietly had a really good year last year, he right? Did. Yeah, um, he had d- a really good second half of the year, especially when uh um like T- Tyrell Thomas got hurt for a little bit and Jalen Cole went out and Filer just kind of stepped up and became kind of a sh- one of the best shutdown corners in the league, one of the best press like just physical at the at the point of attack right off the line of scrimmage guys in the league. So I was pleasant, pleasant, pleasantly surprised to see him get some recognition for that. Well, I felt like he was always overshadowed by Jacques, you know, because Jacques led the Big Sky Conference with five interceptions and then got snubbed on the honorable mention. And he was pretty pissed about that. I asked him about that. Um, he was like, he just gave me a head nod. And I was like, yeah, I'd be pissed too if I was, <laughs> if I was snubbed. But because of that, you didn't, we didn't talk a lot about uh, Greg Filer Munchie last year. I mean, he, he was definitely splashed. Uh, the game I remember him being, um, at his best, one of his best was Weber. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, um, but then he, he also just, had a pick in Eastern the game too. Yeah, exactly. So he's just, he's just there. So I'm, 
yeah, when when that came out and I saw his name, I was you know typical cap, sure, but uh, surprised to see it. But you know, I'm I'm not surprised now going back thinking about you know his performance. So yeah, that's all I got on preseason, um, all conference. Well, Jacque Allen got snubbed again, in my opinion here. Let's see here. Well, you got, I don't know too much about Akin Aguirre, Aguar. I don't know how you say his name from Idaho State, but man, I'm, I think Jacques can play with a chip on his shoulder, no doubt, no matter what. So, I mean, in these kinds of situations, fire. in these situations, I kind of like, I get the both sides of the argument. Like, he's a really, really good player, but Idaho State's defense is really, really bad. So do you want like a, a stud player on a terrible defense or do you want a, like a stud player on a good defense? I think, I think you got to lean towards the guy who's on a good team. Don't you? Absolutely. If you're, I mean, if you're, if all else things are equal, one guy's on one of the worst defenses in the league. One guy is on one of the best defenses in the league. You gotta, you gotta pick that guy. Absolutely. So I don't know, just snubbed again. So I think he's poised to have a big year. So, well, Montana State in general, like just the momentum they have right now, it's a good time to be a cat. So that is. Well, I I don't think we have too much more, right, Thorny? That was nope. about it. That was about it. Yep, I think we should get to wrapping this up. Um, kind of get ourselves out of here. I do want to mention that, um, we do. Uh, we partnered with some other podcasters, including the aforementioned ones from the Big Sky Kickoff, um, to to form the Big Sky Podcast Network, which you can find at uh, uh, Twitter at Big Sky Podcasts, and it's going to be comprised of the Montana Mint guys, the Grizz Pod from them, the Idaho Tubs at the Club, uh, NAU Podcast, the newly formed Eastern Washington Podcast, uh, which I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, Nobody cares. <laughs> and then uh us of course so <laughs> it's just a way to kind of um promote the brand promote the brand being the big sky football kind of promote this new kind of form of media that we were so graciously um like approved to be at the kickoff meeting in spokane because of that and i think it's going to be really good for for us and for the other podcasters and it's going to be a really fun season we're going to be doing some collaborative content so Stay tuned for some uh, new podcasts with multiple people from various fan bases uh, getting together and talking about Big Sky Football. And for the R&R CatCast, we're going to make a push this year to have more guests on our show and um, maybe just some changes coming around the corner. So hold tight for those. Sounds good. And as always, give us a follow on Twitter ourselves, R&R CatCast. And if you... If you feel like it, if we aren't the worst thing you've ever listened to, you can go ahead and give us a review on iTunes. That would help us out. Yeah. Thank you for those who already have. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening. And um, yeah, go cats. Go cats.